Now we await anxiously the next stage of the drama involving Gaza and Israel. You might have seen the extraordinary address yesterday by President Biden. I mean, there just could not be a bigger reminder of the super high stakes here, not only for the region but beyond. The question is, how will the Israeli military translate the orders that they have to eliminate the ability of Hamas to undertake future terrorism, but also their governing ability in the Gaza Strip itself? A huge potential army is assembled on the border. They haven't exercised all their power yet. When will they? How will they? How to ensure that rage doesn't blind them, to use Joe Biden's powerful phrase? Well, Professor Aitan Shamir is director of the Begin Sadat Centre for Strategic Studies at Bar Ilan University in Israel, the former head of the National Security Doctrine Department in the Israeli Ministry of Strategic Affairs. And he's the co-author of The Art of Military Innovation, Lessons from the IDF with Edward Lutvak. So welcome to the program. Thank you very much for having me. Could you be as specific as possible, if you can, How will military commanders on the ground be planning their attacks, using their resources well, carrying out their orders? Well, without going into too many details, the IDF is planning now to go using ground troops into into Gaza. So boots on the ground, sending units into Gaza to clear Gaza from the terrorist of Hamas infrastructure. They have many targets, uh, including uh, the tunnel system, which they call the metro, which they have to destroy. This is where many of the Hamas operatives are uh, hiding at the moment. And that's where they are planning to mount uh, guerrilla warfare from, from these tunnels. There are weapon cache, there are still command centers. All of these targets need to be located and to be destroyed. And of course, also the, the terrorists themselves, they will try to hit as many as possible, uh, capture and kill. Uh, as many as possible of the Hamas uh, operatives. So it's the centre of, like, the main urban centre of Gaza City that is the first priority, by the sound of you? <coughs> yes, and because we're, that's where they're concentrated. That's the main concentration. What about, And the tunnels, if they spread out, like, you know, to use your phrase, Gaza Metro, we are told they're very well enforced, they're very strategically significant, they're very tough. This is the toughest of urban fighting. How will they even find the tunnels in the first place? This is urban warfare. It's uh, urban warfare is complicated. It's something militaries uh, usually try to avoid. And this is one of the reasons that the IDF avoided avoided going into Gaza for so so many years. But apparently there's no, there's no way of avoiding it. So nobody wants really to do it, but this is this has been enforced upon us and uh, the IDF has to, to carry this task. Now, in terms of the tunnels, through the, the years, the IDF detected different methodologies in order how to locate the tunnels using uh, certain uh, technologies. This is not an open, open information, mm. but it, it made a lot of advancement in terms of... Uh, Locating the tunnels, I will say this is still uh, this is still quite of a challenge. Now, if the tunnel is coming from the house, going from a house into a house, and you bomb the houses like they do now, which is they are trying if from the places where they know where there is tunnels entrance and exits, the houses are demolished. Uh, the people in the tunnel are stuck basically; they, they cannot go in and out. 
But of course, there will be many other tunnels that the, the IDF has not located and will, will have to locate. And this is going to pose uh, quite a challenge. And this is why it's going to take a lot of time. Right. And I appreciate you can't say everything you know, but I take it drones and robots will be used very extensively to try to locate these tunnels and to obviously resist sending humans down those tunnels as much as possible. Mind you, I assume that is where the hostages are. Yes, and I think they will put a lot of effort in terms of intelligence as they go into Gaza and will capture some of those Hamas uh, alive they might get also some information on the hostages. This is at least the hope, but we cannot say anything for certain. So certainly if there will be some information about where are the hostages, there will be a concentrated effort to rescue them. I wonder if you could talk about the element of time that they might take and how the IDF is factoring this into their calculations. Do they want to go in hard and fast and potentially risk civilian casualties, not to mention the hostages, or are they going to be slower and more methodical, sort of street by street? What I think will happen is, uh, and this is what usually happens, uh, they will start by hard and fast. So you, you have to get to a certain point of where you're going to have uh, more control and you have to make sure that your military control different areas. So they will go in and they will slice the area different, uh, and they will chop it up. And then you, you'll have small, smaller enclaves, which uh, the military is going to take some time to clear them uh, almost house by house. And this is going to take a very long time. Uh, I don't think that the initial attack, will. Uh, there will be a lot of casualties. I think on the, the second phase, which is the slower, where you have to go from house to house and there are booby traps and uh, ambushes, and this might take uh, more casualties. Now, I hope that most of the population will be already on the south part of Gaza. So the, there will be less population. This is the idea. This is also why it is taking more time, because you have to make sure that all the pieces of the puzzle are in place before the, you go in. You have to make sure the military has the equipment and it's ready. You have to make sure uh, you have the political support is in place and you have to make sure that the population went south. Uh, yeah, but you don't know that, course, do you? You just don't know that. <laughs> That's guesswork. No, no, we do know. What, what do you mean? We do know. Of course we know. Well, you know that you know half a million allegedly have gone. You know what I mean? But there's, I mean, yeah, there's... Well, more, more, more. Every, every day there are more people who are going there. We hope to reach... Uh, around a million. There's more than one, than half a million. We know that Hamas um, uh, is resisting their movement because he wants them to stay in order to, to hide behind them as, uh, as he does. Of course, they, it will not be zero. Uh, okay, we will have to face, uh, to take into account that there is some, uh, some of the population out there. Look, I must ask you two other things before I let you go. The role of engineers, because sure. that was another thing that uh, Edward Lutfak talked about, the, the use of engineers surrounded by these mm-hmm. apparently very heavily protected armoured vehicles called the NAMERS, I think, at N-A-M-E-R, Infantry Combat Vehicle, the most protective that has been yet developed is the belief yeah. in the world. Can you tell us about this, please? Then a mayor, and there is another one that was just introduced, uh, which is called the Itan, like my name, E I T A N. The Itan, we, Itan is a wheeled one, and the Namer is a tracked one. The Namer is based on the uh, the Merkava, which is the Israeli tank. It's very, very uh, heavy, well protected uh, armored personal carrier, as we call it, an APC. It is basically very well protected in the sense that, uh, other than its very heavy armor, you have uh, 
uh, what we call the active protection system uh, that can uh, intercept incoming missiles, uh, anti-tank missiles. It is closed, so you can see you have like inside like big visual screens, you know, like you have in Tesla. Mm -hmm. So it's it's completely surrounded by sensors, so you can see 360 around you, so the soldiers don't have to go out. So it's a, it's a very strong uh, fighting machine designed mainly to carry troops into battle, but also to fight from the vehicle. The Titan is a bit more lighter, has wheels, so it can move faster. Each one of them has its advantage and disadvantage, of course, but they complete each other. Some brigades have NML, some brigades have uh, the Titan. This, of course, is a very important component in terms of the what the infantry brigade uh, are equipped with. Do you believe, finally, Hamas can be defeated? Do you believe that? It's not a question of belief. It's a question of necessity. People outside Israel, they really don't get it. They don't get it that we have to. It's an imperative that we defeat Hamas. We don't, if, we, if we don't defeat Hamas, I don't know if the country can, uh, can still survive in the Middle East. Mm. This, is, this, is, this, is one, this is what's on stake here. And uh, the reason is because this is much larger than Hamas. And the reason is that this is the first time since the country has established in the 48th war that the whole area was cleared out of Jews by, by butchering them, by massacring them. And uh, those residents of the area will not go back. They will not go back if Hamas will still be there. So this is not uh, some kind of another round like we had in Gaza. We will not stop until we completely eradicate Hamas. Now, if you ask me if Hamas, the, the political movement, is going to survive, of course it will. There will be Hamas that will belong to this organization in some places. Of course they will. But Hamas as a military power and it's as a regime in Gaza will cease to exist. I hope we'll speak again. Uh, Professor Etan yes. Shamir, thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. And regards to Ludwig. <laughs> uh, and uh, Professor Shamir is director of the Begin Sadat Centre for Strategic Studies. Now, just a couple of mentions. Rear Vision, if you can listen on the uh, ABC Listen app, but it's uh, also tomorrow at 12 o'clock, is uh, looking again at their program that they made, the Gaza Strip, how a tiny sliver of land became the epicentre of conflict in the Middle East, if you want to sort of equip yourself more. And tomorrow on Sunday Extra, they're looking at two, I think, very interesting sort of sidebar or developments of all of our thinking, preserving trust in a time of war, looking at Palestinian and Israeli students who work together at the Arava Institute in southern Israel, who are waiting to hear if their unique cross-border cooperation has been destroyed, and proportionality in war. It's quite a contested notion. Uh, and uh, uh, Julian Morrow will be speaking to people who are really trying to drill down into that. So that's... Uh, do follow. Keep following Radio National who tries to get beyond the, the very obvious in this uh, remarkably fluid developing situation. ABCRN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.